0: Major funding for NJ Spotlight News is provided in part by NJM Insurance Group, serving the insurance needs of residents and businesses for more than 100 years, and by the PSCG Foundation.
1: Tonight on NJ Spotlight News, splitting with the governor, Senate President Nick Scutari signals he'll support extending the corporate business tax surcharge after the governor promised to let it expire.
2: When you look at the budget, whether it be the broader budget or New Jersey Transit's budget, um, if the state isn't willing to make some tough decisions, um, New Jersey's going to have a very, very tough road ahead of them.
1: Also, Senate-run, Mende Mayor Christine Serrano-Glassner, who has ties to President Trump, seeks the GOP nomination to unseat embattled U.S. Senator Bob Menendez.
3: I'm going to continue to talk to
4: the people and show them this is what I want to do for New
3: Jersey, bring the power back to the people.
4: Plus, fighting addiction. The need is there. Uh, we're seeing our communities suffering, young people, older people.
1: A new addiction
4: treatment center opens
1: in Paramus, helping patients on their journey to recovery. And contamination cleanup. Camden's Board of Commissioners and residents celebrate the final stage of removing a decades long illegal dumping site.
5: We made a promise to our Camden residents to clear this debris and we kept that promise together.
1: NJ Spotlight News begins right
6: now.
0: From NJ PBS Studios, this is NJ Spotlight News with Brianna Venosi.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining us this Tuesday night. I'm Brianna Van Ozee. Well, the state may finally have a dedicated source of funding to help New Jersey Transit dig out of its billion-dollar shortfall. That's if Democrats and business groups can get on board. In a recent interview with David Cruz for Reporters Roundtable, Senate President Nick Scutari revealed he's open to extending New Jersey's corporate business tax surcharge in order to fund New Jersey Transit, which has been a policy goal of transportation advocates for years. But the governor has said a deal's a deal when it comes to letting it sunset at the end of the year. The future of the tax is once again becoming a political flashpoint and getting major pushback from business groups. Senior political correspondent David Cruz reports.
2: Well, I tell you one thing that I've talked about in terms of a funding source would be a reinstitution of the corporate business tax that was suspended. Uh, that's an energy that I mean, that's a, uh, a funding source
5: that would provide a billion dollars a year. It came in the middle of a hastily arranged sidewalk interview in Atlantic City. Senate President Nick Scutari suggesting that he could support reinstating the corporate business tax surcharge as a way to fund NJ Transit operations. It was something he'd said before, but with the surcharge set to sunset at the end of the year, Scutari's comments sent a buzz through social media accounts of transportation advocates who saw an opening to revive the issue.
7: The businesses that are subject to this tax are not mom-and-pop shops. They are giant mega corporations such as Amazon and Exxon.
5: Who all benefit from NJ Transit's transportation network. Meanwhile, says Ambrose, the agency, which has no dedicated funding source, is about to drown in red ink, with service cuts and fare hikes likely. The beauty of using the corporate business tax to fund NJ Transit
7: is that these corporations benefit from being in New Jersey and from our massive transportation system.
5: But critics in business and in the legislature are pouring cold water on the idea for most of the same reasons that caused the governor to promise the temporary surcharge with Sunset. The companies that are being
2: targeted are what they call for-profit institutions their job is to generate quality products that are purchased in the consumer marketplace uh, or the or the uh, corporate marketplace uh, and return a uh, profit to their bottom line that meets the expectation of their shareholders that is what those companies are supposed to be doing so to penalize a company who is who is executing on what their mandate is is very inappropriate all the money that new jersey takes In taxes
5: comes out of every single one of your viewers' pockets. But are they taking money out of my pocket if they're taking it out of Amazon's pocket? Yeah, you know, you know how much you pay for Amazon products, David. You don't think that that's a direct function of the
7: taxes that Amazon pays? Can you break?
6: When we say a deal is a deal, it's not just to say, "Hey, promise made, promise kept." It really has a ramification because businesses are looking forward to recapturing that 2.5%, which they tell us they're going to put back into their people, their workforce, their facilities, innovation, right? Make reinvestment. That's what we want.
5: The governor's office says he's standing by his promise to allow the surcharge to sunset. So even if Scutari champions a bill, which he didn't say he would, that would most certainly face a veto from the governor, likely leaving the entire question up to the next governor. If that's Jersey City Mayor Steve Fulop, who's
2: already suggested the idea himself, he says he's in. The reality is that when you look at the budget, whether it be the broader budget or New Jersey Transit's budget, um, if the state isn't willing to make some tough decisions, um, New Jersey is gonna have a very, very tough road ahead of us. So uh, this is a first step and an important step, and uh, I'm hopeful that they do it during the lame duck session.
5: But Scutari's trial balloon notwithstanding, don't expect this administration, or this legislature for that matter, to do much of anything beyond letting the sun set on the surcharge for now. I'm David Cruz, NJ Spotlight News.
1: Well, among the growing list of those vying for embattled U.S. Senator Bob Menendez's seat is Republican Christine serrano Glasner, who tossed her hat in the ring before Menendez was indicted. Serrano-Glassner is the two-term mayor of Mendon Borough in Morris County. She served in the Small Business Administration under President George W. Bush and casts herself as a conservative in the party and a staunch supporter of Donald Trump. She's taken aim at Menendez and also, of late, Democratic frontrunner Tammy Murphy. Christine Serrano-Glassner joins me now. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I want to start with the news of the week. You've called on the state comptroller to do an ethics probe into the Murphy administration's potential use of funds in a way that would benefit Tammy Murphy's political career, specifically this radio ad. What are you looking to have the comptroller investigate?
3: It's, it plays into New Jersey's long history of corruption. Look at Bob Menendez. Right, I mean, he had corruption following him, he created this corruption for years, and now this continues, right? This is not right. The excuse was, well, we did these buys, we planned this in the summertime. Well, they knew, they were planning her campaign for just as long, they knew the ads that they did. They should have shown better integrity. They should have shown better leadership and said, we're not even going to have them air. I think since then, she's already appearing at an event. And that was after they said, well, we're going to take the ads down. And the governor said that she's going to stand on her own and they were not going to use that office to improve her public opinion or to better position her for the, for the race. They've continued to do that.
1: So how are you going about your campaign? I don't have to tell you. I'm sure everyone has tossed the number at you that it's been 50 years since Republicans have been able to win a U.S. Senate seat in New Jersey. How are you looking to make that different this time?
3: I am going to do what I have always done, what I did in becoming mayor, and really reach out to everyone, make myself available to everyone at any time, so that they can get to know me and understand what my passion is for New Jersey and the people of New Jersey and what my leadership skills are, and get to know people. Really listen and understand what are the issues that are going on. How is this economy, this Murphy-Biden economy, impacting people? And what changes need to be made for when that job is in my sights, when I'm doing that job? It's the same thing I did as mayor, and it's the same thing I will do as I'm running for the U.S. Senate.
1: There's been some talk about whether or not your uh, ties and your family's ties to former President Donald Trump could be a political vulnerability in a blue state like New Jersey. Do you see it that way?
3: Donald Trump was a president who had phenomenal policies. If you compare those policies to how the country was then, and look what's going on now with the economy, with the increase in crime, with the Fentanyl pipeline that has been opened up in the southern border things are very different and it's not the same as when he was president I'm going to continue to talk to the people and show them. This is what I want to do for New Jersey so, I want to bring the power back to the people
1: if you win the seat you get to DC What's your first order of business? Is there an, a list of priorities you've made already?
3: Oh, absolutely And number one is we need to start really investigating this overspending the economy is key I think another very important piece, obviously the crime that's going on in this country, extremely important, and parents' rights, voters' rights, that we're transparent and people know what's going on. These omnibus bills, they're not fair to the voter. They're not, because people do not know what's in there that our congressional members are voting for. I think those are the priorities that we really need to focus on, and that's what I'll focus on.
1: Christine serrano Glasner, thank you so much for your time.
3: Thank you, Brianna. It was really a pleasure.
1: Well, news of First Lady Tammy Murphy's candidacy for U.S. Senate brought with it cries of nepotism from her political rivals and some progressive grassroots organizations who argue Murphy's status as First Lady gives her an unfair political advantage. But New Jersey has a long history of politics being a family affair. Senior writer Colleen O'Day looked into just how common the practice is in the state and joins me now. Colleen, thanks for joining me. So this is not a new issue in politics, especially in New Jersey, but I'm wondering how often it happens and uh, what other situations
6: have arisen similar to this? I mean, it's still fairly rare. We do have a number of instances in New Jersey of, you know, we've got two cases where women filled out their husband's seats. That's uh, Assemblywoman Munoz, who is still in uh, the Assembly from Union County, Betty Lou DeCros, who, um who is no longer in the Assembly, but she had filled her husband's term. Uh, we've got a number of cases where we've got a uh, uh, father-son, uh, you had the Connors uh, in South Jersey, the Bucos in Morris County. Uh, we had father-daughter up in Sussex County with uh, Bob Littell and his daughter, Alison McHose. Uh, so, I mean, it happens, you, you've got, um, At the congressional level, um, Congressman Payne succeeded his father after he passed. And we've got, of course, um, uh, Congressman Menendez, who is a freshman, who is the son of um, embattled Senator Menendez, whose seat is kind of at the center of all this.
1: Sounds like a lot, (laughs) but I'm wondering- Yeah, it does
6: sound like a lot. And it happens nationally too. And I'm
1: thinking about Sandra Cunningham as well, uh, state senator.
6: so yes, you're right.
1: Yeah. So, OK, so let me ask you, though, how do you differentiate between nepotism and someone wanting to follow in a family member's footsteps? And what's the argument to be made there?
6: Yeah. You know, I think that's a really hard thing to do, because I think it does make sense that, a, you know, a son might want to follow in his father's footsteps or a daughter in her father's or mo- mother's footsteps. You know, I think what happens here is when you consider, um, you know, Tammy Murphy's running, um, the governor being the head of the Democratic Party in the state really means whether he he comes out and says, as he did on Friday, that, you know, he's not gonna make any deals to help her. Uh, the, the people who can help her get elected know that he's the head of the party and think, you know, what What if I don't endorse her? What if we don't help her win? Maybe we won't be getting state aid. Maybe there's, you know, stuff we won't be getting from the state.
1: And Colleen, I'm curious how voters should go at this when they see these candidates out there um, and what candidates are doing to sort of differentiate, you know, where they stand compared to their counterparts or their family members.
6: Um, so, you know, I think that voters certainly need to be informed um in the case of new jersey of course we have this problem with the county lines so that when the primary does come up next june you're going to see so far again as we know i I think it's five counties at least where um we can expect tammy murphy will have preferential treatment on that line and so folks who come out and maybe are not well informed might be more um apt to just you know, click those candidates that the party has endorsed.
1: Colleen O'Day for us. Colleen, thanks so much.
6: Thank you very much, Bree.
1: Palestinian Americans in New Jersey are calling out the state's congressional delegation for what they say are callous statements about the Israel-Hamas war. The Council on American Islamic Relations, or CARE, NJ, held a joint press conference today with two other groups dedicated to Muslim and Palestinian Americans, detailing their meetings with each of New Jersey's Congress members and their responses to increasing pressure for a ceasefire in the Middle East. Only one member, Democratic Rep. Bonnie Watson Coleman, has joined a small but growing group in Washington urging de-escalation and ceasefire in the conflict, which has now reached a death toll of more than 13,000 Palestinians in Gaza, according to the health ministry there. Palestinians in New Jersey say they're experiencing unprecedented levels of bigotry and even retaliation in the workplace for speaking out on behalf of Palestine and blame the rhetoric of public officials for the backlash.
3: All but one elected official, Rep. Bonnie Watson Coleman,
1: have echoed hateful and damaging rhetoric. Senator Bob Menendez, for example, has said that the United States unequivocally stands with our ally, the state of Israel, as it defends itself. Senator Cory Booker has said that Israel has the right and the
4: responsibility to defend itself as an occupying power.
1: And then you have Representative Josh Gottheimer, who's come after students and ordinary citizens online on Twitter.
0: I'm going to reiterate, reiterate our call for a ceasefire to our local
1: and state officials, to members of Congress, to President Biden. Our humanity is slipping away. Medical providers have shifted how they treat addiction and substance abuse over the years, with more of a focus on evidence-based treatment methods. We're also seeing more medical facilities open specifically to address the disease. That's the case in Bergen County, where the Newbridge Medical Center recently opened the CCAT, the Center for Comprehensive Addiction Treatment. A senior correspondent Joanna Gagas reports, advocates say centers like this are the future in
4: caring for the person as a whole. The need is there. Uh, We're seeing our community suffering, young people, older people. Suffering from
8: substance use disorder. And to meet that need, Bergen Newbridge Medical Center in Paramus recently launched the Comprehensive Center for Addiction Treatment, or CCAT.
4: We have a little bit of everything. We have outpatient programs, we have intensive outpatient treatment programs, we have an inpatient medical withdrawal management um, unit, and we have uh, rehabilitation units as well. Plus, we partner with Integrity House as um, a residential treatment um, partner in the communities.
8: Integrity House has locations around New Jersey that provide therapy and mental health services for those struggling with addiction. But here at Newbridge, those therapeutic services are also provided as part of the new center.
7: Different strategies work for different people, and so having a very large menu of options available for people with different types of addictions and also different severities of addictions, is very important. If somebody is uh, chemically dependent on a substance and wants to stop that, they come in for what we call withdrawal management, uh, which we used to call detox. For some, we're just the bridge, so we will take care of them for a week or two while they come, you know, after they come off of our hospital unit and then they will find treatment closer to their home.
8: Because substance use disorder can be complicated to treat, the goal here is to put all of the services under one roof, including acute care and primary care, where the services come right to the patient.
4: So individuals that suffer from addictions many times have other comorbid conditions. They either suffer from chronic conditions such as diabetes, hypertension, asthma, and other chronic diseases that they may not have had an opportunity to take care of. So for us here at Bergen Newbridge Medical Center, we treat the disease but care for the individual. And they can get primary care, they can get diagnostic care, uh, treatments here, specialized care, all under one roof.
8: It's a model that hasn't been tried yet in the state, but as a safety net hospital, they'll be able to treat individuals with every form of insurance and use charity care to treat those who are uninsured or underinsured. Another way they're breaking the mold, eliminating stigma in the care that they provide.
7: Society still views addiction very much as some kind of moral failing, a series of bad choices. But we don't see that anymore as the model. The model really is to view addiction as a chronic medical disease.
8: They work to make sure any patient who needs medication to help with addiction can get it, although they don't use the phrase medication-assisted treatment, which is how providers typically refer to opioid treatments. Accurso says, just like any other disease, it's simply called medication.
7: It's been demonstrated that the way we frame the treatment influences the way we treat people. So for instance, some words are out. Words like addict are out. Um, somebody with the disease of addiction we say. Um, the word abuse is out. It's not helpful for us to talk about abuse. You know, people use drugs, so if some people, so people are using the drugs in the wrong way, we would say they have a substance use disorder. And just like some people have diabetes and some people have blood pressure that's too high.
8: As they work to change views around addiction and try to reach those in need, curso says he remains committed because
7: When addiction treatment is working well, it's incredibly stabilizing and it's very rewarding.
8: In Paramus, I'm Joanna Gagas, NJ
1: Spotlight News. It's the beginning of the end for a dangerous large pile of dirt, debris, and waste in Camden. We've reported on the contaminated pile near Bergen Square that grew and grew due to illegal dumping despite years of resident complaints. Well, today, leaders announced the final phase of the cleanup. And as Ted Goldberg reports, the announcement came with more funding to prevent future toxic dumping in Camden County.
5: We made a promise to our Camden residents to clear this debris, and we kept that promise
2: together. The days are numbered for this towering eyesore in Camden. Mayor Victor Karstarfen says the last stage of cleanup has started for the infamous dirt pile in Bergen Square, the byproduct of decades of illegal dumping.
5: And I asked myself how a property owner like Wayhill Realty Holdings, let me say that again, Wayhill Realty Holdings the former property owner and responsible party could do this to our community and, and uh, in our city.
4: What are we saying when we tolerate illegal dumping of materials in, in our communities upon our neighbors? What are we saying? That somehow there are communities less deserving of natural beauty and environmental protection? All people deserve clean land,
3: air and water And they also have the right to be informed and make decisions about the policies and practices that directly impact their health and the safety and well-being of their children and their community.
2: The city of Camden seized control of this property in September of 2022 after residents complained for years. Locals told us that dirt and garbage spilled onto their property and it made the neighborhood smell terrible on hot days. At a news conference today, leaders said they hope to clean up Camden's reputation as a dumping ground for South Jersey. Illegal dumping costs the city of Camden $4 million a year. Think about that. That's $4 million that could be spent on a number of other initiatives. You can look at every corner in this city. For years became
7: the dumping ground for not only Camden County, but for the South Jersey region. But slowly but surely, thanks to our friends here working with our community, we have seen a reversal of that trend.
2: The city of Camden spent millions of dollars to clean up this property alone, and they received state and federal dollars as well. Some for this project and some to prevent illegal dumping in the future. We were
0: able to deliver for the city of Camden almost a half a million dollars for cameras whose single source is to look for illegal dumpers. We're going to keep it from happening in the future, but most importantly, we're going to prevent this pile from creating any trouble for those who call this home.
2: Mayor Karstaufen says he expects the dirt pile to be completely gone by the end of February, but there could still be a lot of work to be done as dangerous chemicals may have leached their way into the ground. Folks need to monitor the work site after the dirt pile is gone to see if that's the case and determine how much longer the cleanup could continue. In Camden, I'm Ted Goldberg, NJ Spotlight News.
1: Turning to our Spotlight on Business report, if you need to buy a new car in a few years, you'll have to go green. The state is now requiring all new car sales to be electric by 2035, and some requirements will start as early as 2026. The Department of Environmental Protection today solidified the new regulations known as Advanced Clean Cars 2, following California's lead by mandating automakers that supply cars, SUVs, and light trucks to produce more electric options over the next several years until reaching 100% zero emission vehicles in the next decade. Environmental advocates have long pushed the goal to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and air pollution in congested New Jersey. According to the DEP, at 35 percent, the transportation sector is responsible for more emissions than any other sector. But more than 100 business and labor groups opposed the timeline of the new rules and asked the legislature to step in. In a statement today, the NJBIA said the expedited nature of it doesn't take costs, feasibility, infrastructure, or grid capacity into account. On Wall Street, the November rally appears to be taking a pause, with stocks opening lower to start the day. Here's how the market's closed.
0: Support for the Business Report, provided by the New Jersey Tourism Industry Association. NJTIA will host their New Jersey Conference on Tourism, November 30th through December 1st at Resorts, Hotel, and Casino in Atlantic City. NJTAA.org for bid information.
1: That does it for us tonight, but don't forget to download the NJ Spotlight News podcast so you can listen anytime. I'm Brianna Venozzi for the entire NJ Spotlight News team. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.
0: New Jersey Education Association, making public schools great for every child. And RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together.
4: Have some water. Look at these kids. What do you see? I see myself. I became an ESL teacher to give my students what I wanted when I came to this country. The opportunity to learn, to dream, to achieve, a chance to belong and to be an American. My name is Julia Torriani-Crompton and I'm proud to be an NJEA member.